fellow wanders in the fourth dimension and welcome to the greatest show in the galaxy i'm emma he's mike and today we're going to talk about rosa and mm-hmm. oh my good god what yeah. an episode but before we get to that mm. uh we've had a lovely email from friend of the show mr rick yes and he says uh Hi, mateys. Sorry it's taken me so long to write. Real life has been a massive obstacle as late. I am loving Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. She's fresh, manic, kinetic, and lovely without being over-sexualized. Could you imagine if an American TV producer was at the helm? She'd have sonic capacities or something. I'm also loving your commentary as usual, but I did take a slight issue with something you all said on the Ghost Monument episode. You thought that pleading with the TARDIS seemed out of character and would give fodder to the haters, but I thought it was a brilliant move. It's been well established that not only is the TARDIS sentient, but she often calls a shot no matter how much the Doctor protests to the contrary. We've seen previous Doctors cajole order even come onto the big blue box, but rarely do they simply ask her to help. Being willing to ask her to help is a decidedly feminine trait, at least when painting them with a broad brush, and I found it refreshing. If they were going to cast a woman as the Doctor, but continue to write her as if she's just a man with tits, then what's the point? I want to see Mr. Whiskey's Doctor respond to life as any 900-year-old time-travelling woman would, and fuck the haters in the ear with the Sontarans willy. Love you both. <laughs> oh, I do like her. Yeah, I nearly said, I'm not going to say what I was about to say, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I, that's entirely... Uh, 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 you know, I was going to say a valid viewpoint, as if uh, um, mm. you know, but uh, yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from on that one, Rick. Um, yeah, I mean, because when we talked about it, actually, when we talked about that moment in the in the episode, we kind of attacked it from several different angles, mm. and uh, yeah, I mean, you and I sort of slightly differed on it, but yeah, I think um, I mean, I, I I sort of I I sort of covered it from both ways. I agree with you, and I sort of see where Rick's coming from as well. So mm. yeah. Um, they, you, I mean, he is right. They can't kind of write it with as you know a bloke with tits, as he says. So, yeah, uh, yeah fair dues basically with that one. And um, thanks very much for writing, Rick. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very kind of you. Yeah. Always like your feedback. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, Ghost Monument all done. So mm-hmm. let's get on to the topic at hand. And wow, do I feel like a dickhead for being so worried about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, although, yeah, I feel bad about worrying about it now, it, it's, it was still like a legitimate concern, but, you know, they smashed it. And oh, absolutely they did. And I have to say, you know, I'm obviously we're both white. Yes. But God very... damn, this was a hard watch. Wow. And it should, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, rightfully so, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, and... I, I kind of want to dig into that. I don't know. Should we do it now, actually? Because yeah, I right. kind of feel a bit backwards talking about the reaction to this before we even talk about the meat of it. But mm-hmm. as it comes up, um, while like 95% of the reaction has been, wow, and this started difficult conversations, like a lot of people on Twitter saying, I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, I talk to young people and we watched bits or the whole of this episode and they were shocked mm-hmm. and prompted discussion and all that sort of thing and you know that's incredible Mm -hmm. the five percent of this is pc nonsense stuff that i saw just made me furious Mm. like unaccountably furious i just oh christ i mean you kind of just don't know what to say to Mm. people of you know get this sort of pc stuff inverted commas out of my doctor who first of all this all actually happened yeah and um whether I think that what some people were saying is I don't want this hard stuff as a topic for mm. my escapist shenanigans show. Yeah. And um, I just feel like 
Okay, I can sort of I can understand why if you purely see Doctor Who as sort of escapism and a bit of fun on a on a weekend night and all that sort of thing, some you know a show turning up and then making you if, if you're white or anything like that, I think is probably more focused on that, mm-hmm. making you feel uncomfortable or angry or sad and all all, all of these emotions, mm-hmm. um, you know. It's kind of that that sort of thing of the or not all white people reaction yeah. thing, which makes me also undercountably furious. Um, it just it just it was so disappointing to me that you know people watched that and that their first reaction was, "This is yeah. SJW bollocks." Yeah, how how dare you make me feel bad about my ethnicity? Yeah, or something like that. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, people are people gonna be shit weasels. I mean, this was necessary. Yeah, this was necessary. Well, I mean... it's, it, this is not meant to make you feel all sunshine and happy and rainbows. Because I mean, there was parts of when I was watching it, I was thinking, God, this they they toned this down. Actually, this could have been yeah, so much harder. That, oh, they definitely, yeah. especially when it comes to like the epithets and um, certainly like you know the the fact that Ryan gets decked by. Uh, a white person. I mean, he could have so easily just been like lynched. There could have been easily yeah. been a lynching scene. If this has been like like post watershed, this could have gone so much harder. And yeah. the fact that they went as far as they possibly could uh, for like what six fifty of a Sunday evening, it's just like wow. You know, I mean, yeah, th- there was no, you know, absolutely not. Don't like, you know, show at Wharton all, absolutely. Yeah, but don't, but don't like to undersell it. Well, no, I mean, what's really surprised me is I think I, I mean I was expecting that obviously they can't drop the N word and things mm. like that because it's tea time, yeah. and you know it's it, it's um, there's lots of reasons why they they couldn't and wouldn't do it. But mm-hmm. um, I thought that what really kind of shocked me actually about it was that that conversation between Yaz and um, Ryan with mm. behind the bin yeah. and you know. Yaz is talking about, you know, the, the slurs that come her way as a police officer. And I thought, wow, they actually said that on telly. Yeah. Um, and I was thought, well, no, that's real. People mm-hmm. still use that language. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, especially in this country where it's much more that, that those sort of slurs, I think, are much more freely used. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone knows you can't use the N-word. But, yeah. you know, um, what, what Yaz was saying is, unfortunately, for still thrown around quite liberally. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I thought that it was again. It was just really, it was. It would be really easy to kind of what you know watch this almost as a documentary with the mm. doctor in it, and say you know what about all those before times sort of thing. Incidentally, a time when my grandmother was twenty five. Mm. You know, so it's not like it was all that long ago. I mean, so no, no. what? This is fifty five. So yeah, thirteen yeah. years before Chuck was born. Yeah. I mean that is ridiculous. My husband, you know, my 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 husband's parents were walking around when this was happening, mm. and you know, this is just it. It makes you so furious. But anyway, I mean, this aside, mm-hmm. it would be too easy to just say, "Oh, that's the before times." But yeah. when you have your two your two characters, your two contemporary characters say, "This is happening to me now in contemporary Britain." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's important that they distinguish that because it's not like Rosa Parks single-handedly eliminated racism from the human race whatsoever. No, this shit still happens. And, I mean, this came, what, one, two days after the whole Ryanair flight incident? 
Yes, so we should. I was going to bring this up. So mm. um, I don't know if this. I think this made some international news, but it was definitely big news in the UK. Oh yeah. The on uh, Ryanair, which is one of our our budget uh, sort of cattle. Uh, shovel you know airlines <laughs> that basically f- go to the col- you know to europe and back mm-hmm. um basically uh, uh there was um a, a bloke on the flight who objected to see uh, there was some dispute about because on ryanair i think you don't have assigned seating you have to mm-hmm. just run and and grab whatever seat you can get um as her who objected to sitting next to a, a lady of color and her daughter and uh there it went obviously it was filmed as everything is these days of him just ranting just awful shit at this poor woman and yeah. she had to move she had to move seats yeah, this was in 2018 move. last week mm-hmm. and um so yeah uh it couldn't be more people need to see this episode because it's still happening yeah uh, i thought the, the real genius of this episode i mean because you and i were very worried about this episode in that we we were worried that the doctor was going to do like a quantum leap essentially mm. that he was she, he was going that she was going to like crash in and say hello I'm the white person who's going to fix everything yeah and the real genius this episode was making the doctor and Graham our two white um, characters complicit in mm. um, her having not being able to, to being asked to move seats so they had to yeah. fill the bus up um, and I think that anyone who says anything about Bradley Walsh can definitely shut the fuck up as of last week because yeah. there is a moment when, you know, the camera's on him and he's looking and sort of that his face is like guilt and anger mm-hmm. and he obviously wants to do something, say something, but he can't. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, he what he says to the doctors, I don't want to be involved in this because he doesn't because he, he no. you know, he knows what it, it sort of means. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was the episode's real genius. Mm-hmm. Is oh. using the characters in that way. Yeah. I mean, Bradley Walsh absolutely smashed that. Yeah, bit. he really did. Um, and I, I mean, when, when he's like brought up his wife and uh, it absolutely pays off because Rosa Parks was her idol. And, you know, she made sure he didn't treat any of any of his like ethnic like passengers with disrespect. You know, she hammered into it. And the fact that he's the one he just like just by purely being there it's not like there's any sort of malicious intent behind it it's purely the fact that he's standing and it's because of him standing that rosa parks has to move seats and he's like i don't want to be part of this and mm. also massive shout out to jody in that scene because she says i'm sorry we have to not help her yeah she, she cannot interfere and there's a beautiful two shot and it focuses on Jodie you've got um, uh, um, Rosa in the in the like out of focus in the background and she's just and the doctor's just got the look on her face like she's so getting chewed up about this mm. she's so used to spending her entire life standing up for the oppressed making you know saying no but this is the one point she cannot interfere she can't mm. do anything and it's clearly eating her, and she knows it's wrong, but it is the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, it was just—I just thought it was the touch that this, that the you know the writers of this show, of this uh, episode showed. So Marjorie Blackman and um, Chris Chibnall. I mean, you know, just incredibly mm. like the balance of the episode. I mean, because it could have been. Like you say, it could have been in- incredibly grim, dark, yeah, and yeah. I mean, or it could have been so badly 
mishandled. It could have been one of the worst disasters of an episode mm-hmm. ever. But I thought what what really worked with it, because you had all that stuff and it didn't shy away from it, but then the bits of humour that are in it <laughs> were kind of light enough that it kind yeah. of relieved you a little bit. It didn't, like... Mm-hmm crush you under its thumb of you know its reality yeah. you know the bits of like i'm not banksy or am i you know that <laughs> yes. sort of thing that, that oh, might yes. be one of my favorite things ever <laughs> that jody just nailed that yeah. yeah banksy doesn't have one of those or have i yeah <laughs> um and the bit oh especially the bit where graham and ryan um, find James Blake after he's sort of yeah. been let go for the day and they just completely fuck with his fishing trip. Yeah, it's that's great. It's just beautiful. And it's, it's even better. And, you know, even though like there's not as much antagonism between um, Graham and Ryan in this bit, when Graham sort of holds his fist up for a fist bump and Ryan just goes, no, don't, mate. It's just like, yeah. that's that's sort of... I, I don't mind them like butting heads, but that's the kind of thing I'd, I'd much prefer them to see is like Graham's trying to be this this hip like dude and Ryan's just like nah mate stop <laughs> don't yeah. embarrass yourself son alright um, yeah I, I think that something I think might they might want to sort of I hope that they kind of address as, as they go on through the series actually in terms mm-hmm. of Ryan's character because I mean obviously I know in the show he's meant to be a young man I mean he's 19 yeah um, but I feel like sometimes that he can be a little bit too truculent teenager like mm. a bit too stroppy i mean there's a, obviously there's a lot that's gone on with him with mm. you know losing his nan and all and being in yeah. space and back in time and all you know and nearly being murdered mm-hmm. um and slurred at you know all in the space of a day i mean and that would make anyone a bit stroppy but i feel like that that could come back a little bit i mean mm-hmm. the sort of the childishness bits i think is really funny i mean like when he zaps are sort of annoying antagonist is good nice one ryan thanks ryan that thing that made me laugh um but i mean that that sort of thing is that you sort of it's reflective of him being a young person but um mm. i think that sometimes you kind of come off a tiny bit kevin the teenager yeah it, yeah just a bit uh-huh um but one other thing i did like about um graham is he has absolutely no compunctions about saying this is my grandson you know, yes. Sort of deal with it. I mean, it's even like interesting, like watching even when there's like the full shot when they leave the restaurant. Um, even like the people in the background are sort of like eyeing them suspiciously. Um, but it's great that like Graham's like have none of it. It's like he is my grandson, and I don't care how he look at me. Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that the well, something that was really subtle. I thought in the, I don't know if it was subtle or not, but I thought it was quite interesting is how they. Tra- um, they did a Yaz's um, character in this. It just kind of under, underlines the stupidity of the segregation and stuff. In that they yeah. don't know what to do with her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that bit in the bus was actually quite interesting because yeah. in the restaurant, you know, the waitress says, oh, we don't serve mm, and Mexicans. So obviously she sees Yaz as a person of colour. But when they get on the bus, the driver lets her sit in the front. Yeah. And she's sort of like, I'm not really sure how to respond to this. Yeah, where do I go? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of like, it's fair because, like, people of South Asian descent aren't sort of like, in that time in America, you, you don't see them very often. So you can sort of like, see how people would like, have like a sort of sliding scale of whiteness for how they perceive yeah. Yaz, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it really underlines how dumb it all is. Yeah. So, and then the bit where she goes, well, um, I guess I'll just park my South Asian slash Mexican backside right here then, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And I did like the little scene um, between her and Rosa when she's fixing the doctor's coat. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it's just, a, it's not, it's not, nothing. It's like too groundbreaking. It's just, uh, uh, Rosa says, you're in the police. And she says, yes. Yeah. Where do you want to be? And um, yeah, says in charge. And Rosa just smiles and goes, amen to that. And yeah. just, that's just a lovely little touch. Yeah, I thought that, um, I mean, obviously, I've only ever seen sort of little news clips of of, uh, of Miss Parks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but from, I think that from what I can gather, I think that the, the performance and the accent was pretty spot on. Yeah. And uh, there was some fact checking done as well. I mean, because I, I learned something from this. I didn't realise that her and Dr. King were kind of in the same mm. circle. If you know, I mean, obviously I know that they're sort of in the same state. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize that they kind of the Venn diagram kind of overlap between them. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing I learned is I, I always thought that um Rosa Parks making a stand was just because she'd had enough. But it's an interesting because there's always conflicting accounts as to whether the protest was planned or whether it was just spontaneous. And I think this episode, from what I've read, follows her own description of events. Like, yeah. obviously, she's involved in this um, group, you know, with Dr. King and all that. And there was to be, like, a, a planned, like, protest. And she was meant to be... They, they settled on her as being, like, the, the face of this said protest. There was actually um, a young lady before this. Um, the first woman's name was Claudette Colvin. And I think she was, she was like pregnant, and I think she was like a teenager. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. So they they sort of like figured like she wouldn't. I think it was like she was pregnant out of wedlock or something like that. So they figured she wouldn't be like a good sort of like unfit for like being the fate of the the boycott. So yeah. it ended up like being on on in Rose's court. Yeah, and um, uh, the the sort of thing that was um, another incident that was briefly mentioned by Rosa was the uh, Emmett Till incident, which, mm. uh, yeah, again, I sort of uh, had a look at and I thought, what the fuck? I mean, because yeah. I mean, with with Alabama as well, I mean, I think that it was, I mean, it's it's it was different even from parts of, I mean, the South is very different from the North of mm-hmm. the States in those days. I mean, it's different now, like, it's, you know, it's different in this country, the North and the South, but, yeah. um, uh, you know, I think Emmett, Emmett Till was from a sort of more liberal part of of uh, like from New York or something, I think he was, wasn't he? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, ended up sort of falling victim to um, the 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 laws in the in the South. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think that keeping everything incredibly authentic like that, so people go and sort of take bits from the episode and go, oh, I didn't know that, and then mm-hmm. go and uh, go and, and explore that themselves is oh, it's incredibly important and yeah. um yeah I, I was so inspired by like guys say you go on twitter and looking at the hashtags and you know obviously the you know stupid people aside um you know the amount of people who were inspired and mm-hmm. made to feel i mean obviously uncomfortable was definitely a feeling i mean i definitely yeah. felt it uh but from that sort of being uplifted mm-hmm. and and using it as a a conversation starter with with young people. It kind of reminds me actually of because uh, there's a bit of an age gap between me and Chuck. There's 15 years between us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember once there was some stuff about the Black and White Minstrel Show, and yeah, yeah I mean because obviously we we were born in '83. So by the time that um, that because people who don't know that was just like it sounds, it was white people blacked up variety show. It was on British telly 
in it had only just stopped being shown i think it was like because lenny henry mm-hmm. got his start on it and things yeah. like that i mean because it was on sort of in the 70s and 80s and mm-hmm. I, I had no idea about it i remember reading about it it was actually in a doctor who book because they mm-hmm. were talking about some cultural stuff and i was like the what now <laughs> Chuck yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, that was on. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That yeah. was on television. Yeah. And everyone used to watch, yep, yeah, that was fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, was... oh, it just shocked me. Yeah, I mean, you've also got like stuff like Spike Milligan's infamous Pakistani Dalek. Yeah. Sketch. It's just like, oh my God. God. <laughs> but to be fair to Spike, at least he had been to Pakistan. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he, you know, he lived there for a while. I mean, it wasn't a case of. Yeah. I mean,. Uh, but there was lots of very un-PC, mm. or as we know, call it un-PC. I mean, stuff like comedies, like comedies, inverted commas, like mind your language and things like that. Yeah, yeah. That you go back and look at now, you just think, how the fuck was that on television? Yeah, what was it? What was the other one? Love, Love Thy Neighbor or something? Yeah, Love Thy Neighbor yeah. and things like that as well. Yeah. But the good thing about like Love Thy Neighbor was like the the white shithead never like really won the day. No. So yeah, but it's still it's like too fucking what you know yeah but i mean i think that in terms of that i mean because um uh it, i mean because obviously you know i found out about you know learned about the bus boycott and, and dr king and, and rosa parks and stuff at school but mm-hmm. it was kind of those those experiences of like how th- how times have changed and what was acceptable or not i think that uh, the way that i was shocked by that i think that young people were shocked by who today mm-hmm. and or last week i should say and um yeah if it, it, it provokes that level of conversation and understanding and things like that it can only be a good thing i think mm-hmm. um talking of white shitheads should we talk briefly about um our uh, our antagonist in this uh, episode because there was some little bits and pieces in in sort of hooey mm-hmm. terms because it feels weird sort of talking about, you know, an episode that's important and the stuff that's in it and then talking about kind of the dumb sci-fi shit in it as yeah. well. Um, but uh, uh, Escape from the Storm Cage or Release from the Storm Cage, interestingly. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, as I explained to my lovely dad, that's where uh, River Song was obviously banged up for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it was slightly depressing that um, even in the future where the, people go to the Storm Cage, they're still white dipshits who mm. instead of blaming themselves blame black people for yeah. their problems well, um, in, in a way though i thought that was an interesting point to make because you know like, like we said before we still have you know racist racism and people being shit today so it would make sense that even in like the 79th century or wherever where the hell Crasco was from there still might be people who think that i think it would be an interesting like point to make that you know Rosa Parks for all the good she did, you know, it still hasn't, even in the far, far future, there's still people who think people of colour, you know, aren't worth anything. Mm. Um, and it, I, But I mean, to be honest, on the whole, Crasco's just sort of... He's it, a strange case because you sort of, like, need a face to the villainy. I understand that. Yes. But it's sort of like... So what exactly was his plan to stop rosa parks because you can't kill anybody you can't you certainly can't like choke her out because he does try to do that to the doctor and that was that was a moment was like yeah i want to talk, I want to talk yeah. about that actually yeah, go on, uh because because i think that I'm, I'm not sure i mean my instant reaction was i wonder if he, they any other doctor would have let them put their hands on her um i mm. feel like 
you know, any if it was a bloke, I, I do feel like if there were, you know, with our male doctors, he might have taken a swing at him or something. Yeah. But it just felt felt kind of weird her being female and he puts her hand on her neck mm. to like to choke her out. It made me feel kind of weird about it. I'm not sure if any other doctor would have gone for that sort of physical interaction do you know what i mean mm. um it kind of reminds me actually of because i'm playing assassin's creed odyssey at the moment you can play as male or female in that yeah the the first thing that happens to you because i'm playing female mm-hmm. is i mean again it happens to both your characters identically that you're sitting by yourself and then someone calls you a fuckhead and punches you in the face mm. and it happens the same way if you're male or female yeah right yeah but i just feel like like that action I, I'm not sure that any of the male doctors would have allowed him to put their hands on them. Do you sort of get where I'm coming yeah, from? Yeah, no, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. Um, I'm, I mean, I have to be honest, I haven't watched it since the transition, so I'm trying to remember yeah. the context of it. I, I don't know whether the doctor was like trying to um, you know, figure out that he had this chip. Inhibitor thing, yeah. This inhibitor implanted in him. So, like, it was just like, try, like egging him on to try it and then... And, um, confirm the theory um but it's still sort of like whoa you know yeah. because if you try if you tried that with the third doctor you know a bit of accusing an aikido to the neck and you've been well she did it in the ghost monument yeah i mean she, she aikidoed somebody yeah. i mean obviously she sort of is letting him do, do it, it in order yes. to sort of to point out that you know that he he hasn't got the ability to do so, mm-hmm. but I just feel like in in other episodes he might have pulled a gun and not been able to shoot, or yeah, yeah. he might have like you know taken a punch at him or something like that. I just feel like that sort of weird thing of like putting your hands on somebody like that. It just made me it skeeved me out a touch. Yeah, and, I suppose uh, well, it's meant to. Yeah, that's the point. I think really just to show you what a complete shithead he is. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is a bit weird about what his plan is because, like you say, I mean, actually, if you wanted to more inhibit, you know, that you probably could have saved JFK from being assassinated because mm. it was only LBJ. I mean, the fact that JFK didn't have the connections to push through the um, equality legislation, LBJ did, so mm. um, that would have been more constructive. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Um, but, but yeah, it is that it's sort of the butterfly effect kind mm-hmm. of idea that you t- this tiny nudge is the thing that you know this this kind of little thing creating a landslide. So mm-hmm. if you take that thing away, that you know you can't begin the yeah. I mean, the I did, process. I did like the idea of him trying to butterfly effect um, the preventing Rose's stand, like yeah. by, like things like sabotaging the bus. But then they're so very easily undone because. Simple, you just get another bus, you know, you stop the route from running. Well, what's to stop it from making a protest on some other day? You yeah. know what I mean? It's sort of like, where's the actual sort of threat? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yes, he's got his um, time displacement weapon, but there's not very many shots. And even if he did just shoot her and be done with it, that could have had the exact opposite effect of what he wanted. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so it's... It's very, very weird, um, Cresco. I mean, also, you know, he he manages to figure out that the Doctor's time machine is a TARDIS, right? So, mm. first of all, how does he know that? I mean, you could um, understand maybe he's overheard River Song um, talking about it. But, you know, at best, you know, he knows the Doctor possesses a time machine that's far superior to his own and still thinks he's a nobody. 
um, but at worst, he's knowingly threatening a time lord. Yeah. Um, he's really not the sharpest tool in the box, really, is he? He's not. I mean, no one's saying he's a genius. I mean, because no. his idea is shit anyway. So yeah. that's the thing of like, yeah, he's not he's not entirely thought this through. I mean, mm-hmm. when if you're someone who's contemporary with being in the storm cage, you sort of have the idea that people generally know about the time Lords. Mm-hmm. Some people do, but they're kind of like this, this kind of distant kind of imperious, like non-interfering, just sort of fuck off, leave us alone. Kind of abstract idea, almost mm. um, far away, not a problem. And I think if anyone had encountered a time Lord that isn't the doctor, they're generally either the master yeah. or, or they're um, not interested. Essentially, yeah. they're just going to let you do what, what you, you know, cause it's not their problem, which mm-hmm. is kind of the, the overwhelming, you know, view of, of time Lords. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, the, the sort of who knows about the doctor and who doesn't, you know, there's stories mm-hmm. about her, people you know have drawn the TARDIS on different things so you might know it from a story mm-hmm. um or something or you know a, a myth or something like that um but yeah I mean because the dude's got a vortex manipulator as yeah. well so obviously then you get the links into uh, you know other things um that have come up before so mm-hmm. um I, I don't think we've seen the last of this I don't know if we'll see him again but I feel mm. like there might be something more which comes from this thread, if you see what yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of time to do much with him, but I was, I was getting the impression is he's like a rogue time agent, like uh... yeah, is he like Jack? Yeah, yeah, or Captain John from Torchwood, even or Captain John from Torchwood. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. But... Is he, you know, someone like you say he was doing that? He ended up getting slammed in the storm cage. He came up with this cockamamie idea, and here he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, see, in a way, he's kind of inconsequential because the real monster of the week is racism. But you have to, like, put a definitive uh, face on that. You know, I mean, the only other sort of... Yeah, because otherwise... Yeah, because the only other, like, really sort of antagonistic character is the police officer. And he's only really in it for one scene. Yeah, or, or the uh, the thing that we were worried about is that they turn up mm-hmm. and they end up convincing her to do it, which yeah. is what we didn't want. So you have to have an antagonist mm-hmm. making things difficult in order yeah. for the Doctor to be there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, otherwise, like I say, it, it can't because they can't be Quantum Leap because that is the only other way they could do it, you yeah. know, is like, you know... Sam has jumped into the body of the bus driver and mm-hmm. now he's got to do it, you know, or something yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, that's that's the... Uh, if you're going to do... I, mean, I feel like that's what I'm saying. I think that's the thing I admire the most about this episode is just the balance. It's mm-hmm. so well thought out and executed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The only, the only thing that sort of made me tilt my head a little bit was the very end, right? Um, so obviously, you know, the doctor tells uh, her companions about, like, Rosa Parks still had some hardships. You know, she lost a job, her husband lost a job. Um, but the the bit that sort of, like, made me scratch my head a little bit. I mean, I, I get, you know, the nice symbolic moment. And it's certainly true. It's when she shows them the asteroid named after her. Yeah. So I mean, it, was a ni- it was a nice moment. It was just seemed like a bit of an odd place to end it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, but um, again, we're 
we've got to remember that we're in space right. and yeah. suppose you know it's it's, a, it's i wonder if they were writing this and someone said oh by, oh, by the way mm. there is an asteroid named after her and then he, people went oh yeah that'd be a cool yeah. way to to kind of to set, sew it up because otherwise they end on them looking at the the time space visualizer is back yeah <laughs> the time telly <laughs> of all the things he, yes you never expect <laughs> The bloody time space visual, like the to- as me and Chuck called it, the time telly. Mm. Um, so we'll have them dancing to the Beatles next week, will we? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll finally get them to do them in old man makeup. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, but uh, I think that was kind of wiped away by the music at the end, which was very, uh, mm. you know, very emotional and and you know, again, right on the sort of again, it didn't feel gratuitous at all. It was sort of dead on. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, it was just an astonishing piece of work, I think, for sort of. And again, I sort of bring it back to the beginning. I wish I'd worried about it because it, yeah. was, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing when you've got like very little context as to how the episode is meant to like go. You sort of like think, oh, shit, you know, is Doctor going to be the one to talk Rosa Parks into making the boycott? You know, is Graham going to be the one to end up in the role of James Driving Blake? the bus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, they did it right. They did it right. Um, and, like I said, yes, it's a hard watch, but it is a necessary watch. Yes. I think this will this will very, very likely enter some top ten lists in the, the not-too-distant future, I feel. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. So, on that being said, shall we give it a score? Because I feel like I know what we're going to say. Yeah, go on then. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the few quibbles aside, I mean, I, I mean, what more, more can you say about it? They just absolutely nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. They did. Mm. So, yeah, um, I'm so glad that they, I feel sort of bad sort of saying take the risk, but it is because, well, you yeah. know, this is a, this is a, a big, you know, this is a big um, a thing to, to kind of get hope that your, your audience is going to go with. And I think, mm-hmm. say, aside from, some uh, profoundly um, kind of not didn't get it uh, people. <laughs> um, it's it, they just knocked it out of the park, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, like I said last week, I would rather that they took this risk every time than stick with uh, than sort of stay safe. So yeah, yeah. Uh, kudos for doing this, and um, yeah, um, I'm I'm just blown away by it. Mm-hmm. We had some feedback from lovely Tony Boydell. Welcome back, buddy. Hey. Uh, okay, so he says of Rosa, that was one of the best Doctor Who episodes ever. From the moment we saw Ms. Blackman's name in the opening credits, it was in the safest of safe hands. Wow, proper history. The lightest of humorous touches in a deeply serious and relevant story. Our 10-year-old was genuinely shocked to hear people speaking in such an openly racist way. Just brilliant. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. And next we will get Spiders. Oh, God. So Chuck is really unhappy about this. Um, uh, Chuck was given his lifelong arachnophobia by seeing Planet the Spiders as a child. Oh, dear. Uh, so um, he's not looking forward to this one. So this should mm. be interesting. <laughs> oh, boy, yes. Yeah. So if you two have any thoughts about uh, Rosa, you can email us at greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com. 
tweet us at Greatest Show Pod, or you can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Greatest Show Podcast. We invite you to visit simplysyndicated.com and check out our many sister shows on the network, and as always, we welcome your support. The best way you can help us out is by signing up to Simply Everything. A monthly fee of just £6 gives you access to ad-free versions of current shows, a library of podcasts from the network's archives, and shows that are exclusive to the service. We also have a merchandise store that offers apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. We also have a Patreon, and you can donate to the network through PayPal, of which links to both are on the bottom of the website. So with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And until next time, take care and bye-bye. <laughs>